joined now on the line by the spokesperson for the Police and Prisons Civil Rights Union pop crew, Richard Mamabolo, and, and uh, Dr. Hendrik Lochner, who is a retired crime and police expert, who's also joining us now on the line. Richard, I'll start with you, and thank you very much for your time with us uh, this morning. Just just briefly, your, your reactions as, as pop crew um, to this uh, week's uh, reported uh, robbery at the Devon Police Station in Ekuruleni. Morning to you and your listeners. We are quite concerned as pop crew about uh, the prison attacks that have been taking place in police stations, with the latest being Devon. But uh, we are also aware of other cases of uh, uh, attacks on police stations just this year alone, there have been seven reported cases. So it seems to be a trend. But I think uh, the other thing that we picked up with this trend is that uh, normally these uh, attacks happen on police stations which are dominantly within uh, townships and rural areas. You never have cases where in, uh, well, police stations are attacked in uh, affluent areas. And uh, this for us can obviously as well be attributed to the fact that uh, there has been an uneven allocation of resources when it comes to which police stations actually are actually better resourced and which are not resourced. You know, you go to a police station in affluent areas, they've got CCTV cameras, they've got all the latest equipment, and you go to the one that is within townships, you find that the infrastructure is dilapidated, and of course the staff complement is reduced. And in most cases, that is where criminal activities are taking place because, uh, for example, the, well, when you speak about Malamulele, you find that uh, at a night shift you've got five police officers who've got only one vehicle that is functioning and they have to look after a community of villages of around 30,000 people. So normally when people call, call police for assistance, you don't have the capacity to be everywhere at the same time. Uh, so, so those are some of the underlying challenges that uh, our police stations are facing. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, this in the, in the long run creates an impression to communities that Whenever we call our police officers, they are either lazy, they cannot uh, well do their work, mm-hmm. without understanding what uh, kind of underlying challenges uh, these police stations face. So it's something that definitely needs to be looked into broadly. And in your view as pop crew, is anything being being done, in fact, uh, to try and address these issues? As as um, we've already mentioned, you mentioned as well that this isn't the first incident. Sadly, it won't be the last. From your vantage point, what 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 sort of actions are being are being implemented or taken here to to better support uh, to, to to support or, or improve the conditions at these police stations? Essentially, and as you say, these these are happening also in the middle of the night. So the police officers were they are essentially sitting ducks. Um, how do you make sure that they are they are protected um, as, as they are on duty? Look, it's been quite a challenge because we've been engaging with the, well, with the ministry. And of course, I think we've got a common understanding around what the challenges are and what needs to be done. But yet you will be told about the challenges with regards to the budget. Remember that uh, the staff complement of the SAPS has been on a decline. It moved from 190,000 is now sitting at 155,000. So within that 155,000, you've got about 30% who are office-based. These are public service act members who are based in national and provincial offices. So you've got a lesser staff capacity on the ground to do the work. But as well... 
Uh, the fact that there have been budget cuts uh, which were introduced by the former Minister of Finance, uh, which, uh, well, this year alone they cut the budget by 15.8 billion rands, and they're aiming at cutting it again in the next year by 11.5 billion, means that there's lesser, there are lesser funds to ensure that uh, police get training on a regular basis because that is something that we think should be happening. Uh, you would know that criminals as well uh, advance on a year-to-year basis with the kinds of uh, criminal activities that they do. So there's a need to ensure that there's regular training, but as well as ensuring that the infrastructure that uh, our police work under is actually improved, you know. So so there has been a lack of budget for covering all those aspects. And we feel that uh, without any form of ensuring that there's uh, such improvements, you would be complaining about the same thing year in and year out without anything being done. Now, you talked about that uh, there are employee health and wellness programs. Again, with regards to those, of course, that's a good program that we think would obviously assist Mm -hmm. our many men and women in blue who suffer from uh, post-traumatic stress disorder in most cases due to the cases that they deal with on a regular basis. Now, a lot of members have been complaining that uh, they lack confidentiality and they are not reliable. You know, they use uh, a priest, they use the psychologist, mm-hmm. but all these services are not always available. That is why from time to time you would hear of uh, some suicide. Uh, well, a lot of there are su- a lot of suicide cases that are being reported uh, from within the service itself, and most of these people who commit suicide either even killing their families as mm-hmm. well. Are young police officers between the ages of uh, 18 and 35. So, so those those are the the well the categories within which uh, you've got a lot of post-traumatic stress disorder, and sure. of course, it has got a lot to do with the kind of work they do. You know, the strenuous work that they do on a regular basis. Yeah, absolutely. And let me bring in uh, Dr. Lochner, who is is joining us on the line as well. Good morning to you. Already, it's a, it's a tough it's a tough job, Dr. Lochner, to just pick up on um, uh, uh, Richard's last point there about just the challenges of of the job. You would think that uh, uh, being at least uh, a, a, a bit safe um, at your place of work should should be one of the things that you needn't worry about. Uh, but but that isn't the case. Yeah, what are perhaps some of so, some of the issues uh, just from your 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 experience here that that could that could be done to address this problem. Uh, good morning, yes. Uh, morning, Richard. Yeah, I've got a different take on it, but I agree with with Richard. And my my take on it is from an academic perspective and my 30 years as an officer in the South African Police Service and now an independent researcher and a concerned citizen of South Africa. It is it is a problem and I I would say that you can address this problem but this problem this problem uh, occurred because because the lack of administrative discipline and I'll explain to you uh, why and how this can help to prevent these robberies at police station and a lack of functional discipline and crime which is spiring out of control uh, and I'm not here to blame the South African police and to name and shame and then the other the other big problem now is the modus operandi of these criminals you will see that this will pick up in frequency now robbing police station do you want me to explain what I meant go, go, go ahead please uh, Dr. Nochla yes okay uh, administrative discipline, uh, you will see in, so, in some houses at the back, at the 
back of the toilet door, there is a, a picture which said, no work is finished until the paperwork is done. So, administrative, the South African police service is governed by the law, but internally they've got standing orders and national instructions. So, the standing orders is from the old regime, and national instructions is from, it's, it's now. If, if there's not a national instruction replacing the standing orders, then standing orders still apply. Now, this is a fact. Police stations and those, you can say, in the Platteland, like Devon, Malamolele, in the past, or in standing orders, stipulate that a police station should be visited four times in a, in a week, two between nine and twelve, and then from twelve to four in the morning by an officer, and he's got specific duties to do and to look for. And, 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 and and his actions and his visit to the police station is documented in the SIP 10, which we call the occurrence book. Mm-hmm. So that is the first thing that they must do. They must apply administrative discipline, visit at the police station, see that the people are armed, that they are not under the influence of liquor. Look at all these uh, uh, social media clips of people, police officials sl- uh, sleeping. And, and it's concerning and it's not nice to see for me as an ex-police officer because I realize that there are still very, very good police officers. And the, fun- and the function uh, disciplines, yeah, uh, p- proactive. Pro- proactive. Mm-hmm. It means you must be proactive. So if somebody uh, reports a crime at a community service center, you must be proactive. You must look. You must be aware what is going what is going on. And then we know that crime is out of control. So I I would my suggestion will be that that they revert back to the administrative discipline. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just just a pause there for me. I I, I want to uh, take a listen to a few voice notes that are coming in from our listeners. They're sending those on zero eight two six nine two. 3909, and we'll continue with this uh, conversation with uh, uh, Richard Mamabolo, spokesperson for Pop Crew, and uh, Dr. Lochner, um, who is an independent uh, researcher, a retired officer as well, um, for this Sunday discussion. Good morning. Our police, they are not fit enough to protect us because that the ones that are inside the, the robbery of the police station, even the High that is happening in the roads for the cars that are moving money. They are the police there. So I don't think they are fit enough to protect us. Uh, our police, you know, department hire the criminal. So they are the criminal. They cannot protect us. Good morning. In Seven Zile, we are protected by God, Seven Zile. No longer police. Doctors are killed, the hospitals, patients are killed, traffic officers are killed, an ordinary poor South African citizen is killed, children are killed. This country is ruled by criminals because they know that the jails are, hosp- are hotels. They come out of jail with degrees, watching TV there, losing cell phones, having sex. Well, Simonzella, the problem started when the ANC decided to appoint people based on the colour of their skin, not on their ability to do the job. Then they appoint a man called Becky Chelly, who was a nursery school teacher, no police experience. They make him commissioner of police. He promptly gets dismissed for corruption by uh, 
President then Zuma, uh, and then amazingly, inexplicably, he's made Minister of Police with this track record, sending a clear message to all the generals and all the policemen in the country is that crime does pay in the SAPs, and now we see seven or eight uh, generals currently being arrested by the SIU, which begs the question, how many other hundreds of policemen are busy stealing from us and not protecting us, which is their function? Mike Newlands. SAFM values your views. Be an active citizen. Ten minutes to the top of the hour. We are still in conversation with uh, the spokesperson of Pop Crew, Richard Mamabolo, and uh, Dr. Hendrik Lochner, who is a retired crime and police expert and uh, in independent researcher now as well. Richard, let me come back to you. Uh, you you heard some of some of the comments there, and, and also Dr. Lochner's comments about perhaps police officers, right, and, and their, their own conduct in, in some way, and I'm paraphrasing here, contributing to, to some of the issues. Yes, indeed. I think uh, some of the points that are being raised by your listeners are quite valid. Uh, look, uh, we have obviously noted that uh, there has been a lot of infighting within the leadership of the SAPS over the years, and uh, the duplication of roles has been one of the problems, really. And that is why we thought that uh, there should be some form of restructuring to ensure that uh, we deal with some of these challenges. If you remember very well, there has only been one national police commissioner who finished his term of office, and that was the first one called George Fever. Since then, there has been a lot of changes, and of course, uh, people who are appointed into positions would sooner or later be investigated or uh, will be accused of certain uh, wrongdoing. So that, that, that speaks to the vetting processes of the kind of uh, people we have at the top, because immediately when there are such infightings at the top level, it becomes difficult for lower ranks of police officers to actually uh, uh, well, decide who to listen to or who to take instructions from. That has been a challenge, really. The other thing is that, uh, uh, you know, there has been uh, well, a bloodline between uh, the ministry and uh, the co- commissioner. You know, you because uh, the minister is supposed to be dealing with uh, policy matters, you know, uh, developing policy and all those other things. And uh, having the National Police Commissioner uh, being an operational person. So, over the years, is that it has been quite difficult to actually determine who's actually dealing with operational matters or not. And I think that uh, in the future needs to be uh, addressed. Of course, uh, there might be allegations that there are people who are, well, internal well, information being leaked to uh, these criminals. Uh, but uh, as well, we do know that uh, IP has been investigated. In fact, when you look at the record that uh, IP produces on a regular basis, you realize that uh, there are a lot of uh, cases that are being investigated and uh, uh, with some being prosecuted. But that as well does not necessarily mean that uh, police are generally corrupt, you know. The majority of our police officers remain committed to serving the people of South Africa. Mm-hmm. And in fact, in most cases where uh, there are arrests being made against police officers, it would be the true colleagues, actually. There is a very same police officer colleagues who actually provide information in ensuring that uh, we try to ensure that the service uh, remains as credible as possible. 
So, so, so those are some of the things that we are definitely looking into. And of course, uh, we think as a union that uh, one of the measures that should be taken is to have a policing endeavor because we've never really discussed the issue around police killings. And of course, uh, most importantly, the kind of relationships that police have with communities. Post 1994, when the police uh, force became a service, uh, civilian oversight was one of the key aspects that need to be looked into. Mm. And uh, up to so far, it has not happened. So uh, the relationship is quite sour, we understand that. Uh, but it's also based on the fact that uh, there's lack of knowledge between what police should be doing within communities and what, of course, uh, how police should obviously be reacting towards uh, its yeah. citizens. So, so so, these are some of the things that we think the endeavor should actually look into. But sure. as well just, as just pause, that, for me, uh, pause for me, Richard. Some, of the, so, some more comments coming in here, uh, Richard, um, and, and this also speaks to the sort of, I suppose, work that, that you do as a, as a, as a union in, in recruiting people um, as well to, to the fore, or the service, I beg your pardon. Um, Lungisani here in Queenstown says, how can low-earning police um, officers give their all? Right, They're Just speaking about um, mo- you know, low rates of, of motivation or poorly motivated officers here because of, of these issues that, that we're speaking of here. Alex and Standerton here also says, uh, these criminals were surely not concealing themselves and entering the station. Um, are there no visuals? Why don't they have body cameras for, for that matter? Some, something fishy here. Again, still um, to the point about the police themselves not, not being adequately capacitated for the work that, that they are that they are um, required to then do. And Dr. Lachlan, let, let me come back to, to you then uh, just about, you know, how then for the public who rely on on these these um the, these uh, professionals and on, on these uh police officers to then support them in in the community um you know you hear these sort these sort of these sort of stories and you think well we're on our own essentially or if you can afford private security that's maybe where you need that may be what you need to do because of 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 some of these issues that that we've outlined this morning dr lochner yeah thanks uh, i i also want to respond to some of some of the comments before I uh, com- uh, comment on their comments, there are 1,154 police stations. And we can with certainty accept that there will be one police official on duty during the night, which gives us uh, 1,154 firearms which can be, be targeted and robbed. And if you multiply it by two police officers, it gives you 2,000. Uh, that, it's alarming. I'm not a politician, so I, I do not want to uh, comment on politics, but uh, I want to say something about Chele. I agree with, with Richard. Uh, the man must stay in the office. And please, Mr. Chele, keep off crime scenes. You are contaminating the crime scenes. And I just also want to, to, to inform my that the police commissioner is appointed by a committee uh, in the parliament. It's not always the same committee. It, actually, it's not the same committee. But the same rules make that we appoint wrong people as the, as the com- commissioners. Then the comment about the heist, um, I can speak with authority on that. I've done my PhD on cash and transit heights. The man is true. The involvement of police officials and somebody 
in the criminal justice system. It's always, it, 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 it is always. I, I think we must go back to the administrative discipline and, and we must in, in some way use the crime intelligence gathering process mm-hmm. to stop these robberies at police stations. And the first step in the crime intelligence gathering process is to determine that there is a problem and then how you are going to address the problem. So we've got a problem. It's been identified. How are we going to address it? And that points to the fingers of crime intelligence. Crime intelligence is solely to blame for that. Uh, Sure. Although I also refer to administrative discipline. And I'm still of the opinion that my story about the thing at the back of the toilet will apply for the administrative uh, discipline. It is is sorry to see this, but we must also take into consideration they are very, very good police officers. But my my plea to Mr. Chelius, please stay in office and keep away from crime since you're contaminating it. Um, uh, from KZN says, Sebe, our country is in serious trouble with crime. Most African countries have less crime than us, yet we are better resourced. Heaven help us. That's a, a, a comment there from uh, Stead listening to us from uh, KZN. Let's uh, take a listen to a few more voice notes from you. Hi, Seven Zilin. What they should do is just give all the policemen panic buttons. So if they are robbed or they get into trouble, they can push the panic button and all the ex-policemen who are now working for security firms can come and help them. Mike Islana. Good morning, good morning, Sir Seven Zilin. Seven it's a state of emergency. There is no agency in addressing this. The fact that we don't have the president announcing that we need to do something about the crime in the country it's surprising because the police themselves they are under attack i don't know why we are not sending the army to look after these attacks i don't know why 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 the police stations that closes at night they are afraid they are human as well these are our brothers and sisters who have who who dedicate their lives to protect us but they are under attack All right, thank you for your views. That oh, Jeepers, where does the time go? All right, let's do it again uh, next weekend, shall we? Between 6 and 7 o'clock right here on The Weekend View. And let me, of course, uh, thank uh, both of my guests there, uh, Dr. Dr. Hendrik Lochner, crime and police expert, as well as Richard Mamabolo, who is the spokesperson of uh, Pop Crew, the police and prisons civil rights union. Thank you very much for your contribution here on The Weekend View on SAFM. I am Sebenzi Lengambule.